Welcome to Freaks and Creeks, a Dawson's Creek podcast, the show where four millennials who missed the boat 25 years ago take the dive for the first time. Join us as we experience a series with a fresh perspective and see if our adolescent experiences match up with Dawson and the gang. My name is Cody. I'm Stella. I'm Mallory. And I am James. And this week, we're talking about season two, episode 10. I risk behavior. Ah! <laughs> it's spooky season still. It's not spooky season in Dawson's Creek, but it is for us. So. I forgot that I was supposed to throw to you. So it's that was okay. The, that was the most perfect segue I think we've had. <laughs> so good. Let me hit you with some capeside correspondence. All right, so from our dedicated listener, Chris, we got a fun email. He said, it suddenly came, it suddenly came an idea to me. A 90- it suddenly came an idea to me. <laughs> a 90s related question for you all. That's what These we're here for. Three. <laughs> <laughs> With the possibility of an NSYNC reunion on the rise. Ooh, we are sweating about it. Which of the characters from Dawson's, do you see as the members from NSYNC? Since that will leave an uneven amount, just combine Jack and Andy as one character since they're siblings. I shall continue listening on. Sincerely, yours, Chris. Chris, we love you. Thanks, Chris. And we love this question. And we we thought long and hard about this. So I don't know if we want to everyone briefly share what they think as who is who. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Let's, I think let's go ahead. Okay. So, I mean, I think like, unfortunately JT is the leader. So that kind of, I, for me, I was like, yes, Dawson is JT. I think it has kind of be him, huh? Do we all agree on that? I don't know. I agree. I think that, yeah, he's, he's the ringleader. Yeah. I have to be honest. I have to Google who the NSYNC members are because I don't know anybody outside of Justin Timberlake. So that's why I want to say Justin is Dawson, but I, Let's, I'll go with you for now. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay, and then I have Pacey down as Chris Kirkpatrick. Yes, 100%. Pace, Pacey is like, or Chris is kind of like the- The fun The guy. fun, goofy yeah. one. He's the one that I had a crush on. Of Whoa. course you did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've always liked goofs. Yeah, it's true. See, That's nice. I so, agree with that because Chris looks like he'd go to Burning Man, and <laughs> I bet you Pacey would go to Burning Man too. I absolutely. will disagree mm. for Pacey. So- Going into this, just to let all the listeners know, I was not, I did, I don't have a lot of NSYNC knowledge because I, my heart belonged to the Backstreet Boys. So I had to do a little bit of NSYNC research. And so I went on to Google and looked up some <laughs> interviews. Um, so after watching some interviews, I think Pacey is Joey Fatone because mm. personality wise, he's got the kind of the Pacey humor. Mm. He was doing a lot. There was a lot of banter between Joey Fatone and JT in one mm. of the interviews I was watching. And so I got like, I kind of got like the Pacey vibes from him. Okay. So, okay. Interesting. Very I like fair. that. I like that. It's split for me. Okay. Yeah. I see it. Um, uh, <laughs> I put Joey as Joey because that just makes sense because they both mm. have the same name. Okay. Okay. That also kind of feels, yeah, because like if, if there's a lot of banter going mm. on with Joey Fatone, I feel like Joey is always like sassing. Yeah. Yes, that was the, uh, my mm. other, actually, that, that was, those were my two. I thought it was mm. kind of swapping between Joey being Joey and Joey being Pacey. Mm. Okay, okay, good, good. Um, and then I put Jen as JC because mm. I feel like JC is kind of like more heartthrobby. 
No, people. I had for me. Jo- oh. oh, well, for me, it's a swap with JC okay. and and JT when it comes to the Dawson Jen stuff. Mm. Like for me, Jen is JT because it's like bam in your face. Mm. I'm sexy. Like mm-hmm. I'm the I'm gonna be the one that takes control in this situation oh, where Dawson is normally just a background kind of guy who has yeah. like this like okay, yeah. mystery sure. to him. Yeah. That's fair. But did you think about this? Mm. Cry me a river. Ooh yeah. Oh. Mm. That's so good. it's got to be Dawson because yeah. he loves totally. rivers. Yeah. Uh, and that leaves Jack and Andy for Lance. Yeah, 100%. I had Jack and Andy for Lance I think that too. works. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. The dual. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a little sweet, sensitive. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, totally. she's kind of more shy. Yeah. Quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, poetic? Very poetic. Caring. Um, love spotlights on his dick. Up? What's what? up? What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jack loves Jack. spotlight on his dick. Lance loves spotlights on his dick. Okay. Oh, I understand. Yes. yes. Now got it, got it, got it. Yeah. For a second there. I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I mean, we do often talk about spotlights being on genitalia, on dicks, yeah. so it's hard to know whether or not mm-hmm. we're talking yeah. about the show or not. On and off mic. I had for... For Jen, I had Chris Kirkpatrick because he's kind of mm. got the wild hair mm. and like she's got kind of yeah. the chameleon, you know. For, and and it, I don't know Medvedev's in sync again, but Chris is like the one I know the least about because he seems like kind of like out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Out of all of them, he seemed the most like a mystery, I guess. So that's Ooh, I see. Up Jen to Chris. Yeah, Chris Kirkpatrick, you gonna get your ass kicked. And he was I, funny wow. in interviews too, though. I liked him. Yeah. I didn't, that's Eminem, everyone. I don't <laughs> know he was in NSYNC. Like, Chris Kirkpatrick? Yeah. Damn. Did you get him and Joey Fatone? Like, they were like one amalgam. Like- I knew, I think I knew everybody but Chris was in there. And and then like seeing his pictures, I do. I did remember mm. kind of like seeing him around. But did he, like, did, did they all, what what happened when NSYNC kind of like stopped? Because I know JT like did the acting and like everybody kind of went their way. I don't think I ever saw Chris Kirkpatrick again. Did you know? Yeah, I didn't really see much of him or I didn't see much of JC either. Like I remember Joey kind of do, had a, a role on a, that that TV guide thing, right? A TV guide thing? I feel like oh. he- Oh, it was like a red carpet interviewer person? Maybe, yeah. I don't know. I remember- e? some, yeah, something something to yeah, do with that. Bravo, maybe. Um, and I then Lance, I feel like was kind of like in and out of the spotlight occasionally, yeah. but JT was the one that like- up. I mean, yeah. his solo career is so good. Yeah. yeah. It's insane. Yeah. But Chris and JC, I feel like, I, at least I don't know if they really did much else. But. I remember JC having his own like solo music career oh, okay. around that time when Justin was rising, his star was rising. I remember it, it felt a little bit competitive and that's me saying that from the Ooh. outside in. I had no idea. I don't know if they had a competitive relationship between the two of them, but it felt like he was trying to launch a solo career at the same time. Looks like Chris did too. Damn. But we only hear about JT. Yeah. You know, it seems like they all might have done their own kind of solo stuff. But. And Joey, I think, did some acting maybe. For some reason, I I'm picturing right. him in oh, like okay. my big fat Greek wedding or oh, like. Yeah. Mm. I think you're right. Totally. Interesting. It looks like that. Yeah. JC dropped an album in February of 2004 called Schizophrenic. Yes. Uh-oh. Oh, nice. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, Metacritic average was 57 out of 100. Yikes. Cool. So probably not great. He was in my big fight. And the second one, because he's one of the siblings. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. fun. 
Well, thanks for that yeah, question, Yeah, that, that was fun. So fun. It was fun. Hopefully I, you approve of our casting. Yeah, I'm curious yeah. Yeah, what, what, is, yeah. what you think. Write us back. Write us back. Us Tell us what you think. You think. Yeah, and um, I got a question for you listeners out there. Go ahead and do the same thing, but with the cast of Dawson's Creek and the members of King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. <laughs> oh my God. Let me know what you guys think. I think I've got <laughs> ideas, of course, but I really, I know you all do too. So go ahead and email me or, what you think. Or better us, the hosts of Freaks Uh-oh. and Creeks. Who are we in Dawson's <laughs> Creek? Or who Ooh. are we as the I, members of NSYNC? I'm Am actually- I... Am I Chris Kirkpatrick? I don't know. Yeah, I'm kind of scared <laughs> to hear. Chris Kirkpatrick. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was fun. I loved NSYNC so much. So this was like a fun. That was fun. Yeah, yeah, I watched a bunch of music videos to prepare because like I said, I didn't really know them. And it was a really fun time to get back and, and see that. It was a very big blast from the past. Those music videos look mm. well, They just have that look. You know what I mean? They, they don't look like that these days. They don't. Music videos don't look like they used to. Let me tell you. We watch we watch a lot. Now they look good. (laughs) We watch a lot of music videos. We have a music video channel that we watch. Yeah, we're the last people on earth that have cable. So we watch uh, MTV Live, which used to be MTV Two, and all it does is show blocks and music videos. It's great. Wow. Um, okay, next up on Cape Side Correspondence, we have an email. (laughs) Sorry, from Stephanie L. This was a very sweet email. This one did make me cry. Wow. Tears of happiness. Um, Okay, so she writes, I'm listening to the episode, The All-Nighter, and I am laughing and fist pumping in the air like Judd Nelson at so many comments you all have made. Us too. Um, (laughs) First, I have to agree that Deanna is an absolute bridge troll. She's annoying and doesn't serve any purpose, but to acknowledge the younger audience that was watching at the time, myself included. As I was 12 when the show started. When I was watching at that age, I hated her too, but I liked Dawson enough and he and wanted he and Joey together during season two. So that's, mm. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, however, rewatching the series multiple times in my late teens and adulthood, I so badly wanted Dawson to just go play in traffic. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> it should have been called Joey's Creek. Yes. Yeah. But I guess that didn't have quite the same ring to it. Also, hashtag Team Pacey, so I'm glad that you're liking him more this season, LOL. Um, also, she says, second, I absolutely thought about Deanna becoming, being more of a puck from A Midsummer's Night Dream before you guys said it, so I'll high five on the brain share. Woo! <laughs> um, is that somebody? Yeah, was that a shotgun? <laughs> Jesus. Me trying to do a high five. <laughs> I guess it doesn't. Um, third, Thank you for bringing so many thought-provoking questions and topics to the table while you watch this for the first time. I love Dawson's Creek and will always have a soft spot for it because it was the absolute coming-of-age escape for me as it took me through high school and ended after my first year in college. It's not perfect, but it's sentimental, so therefore, therefore unbreakable, at least to me. I also, although I went to a Lutheran school from K through eight and DC further embedded my lack of accepting reality outside of a small school, small town. So I blame it entirely for my horrific taste in men prior to getting married. (laughs) Keep the episodes coming. You're also fun. And I truly enjoy listening to your perspectives and silly banter. Stephanie, sorry, that was a a long email, but I just, I really, really thought there was so much fun little nuggets in there and wanted everyone to, to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Stephanie. Good writer. You made me laugh a lot. That email is so fun. Cody, when it, when uh, we got it, Cody read it to me and we laughed out loud a lot. Yeah. It was fun. 
I laughed a lot when I was reading it to myself all alone. And then I read it to Mallory and she laughed and, and we laughed together. So everybody was laughing. <laughs> we all laughed. <laughs> Thank Thanks you. for making us laugh. Sophie. Thanks for making us laugh. It was, it's always nice to get an email, um, no matter how short or long. So keep writing to us at show at freaksandcreeks.com. And Don't we stop. just might read it on the next one. Yeah, we don't want to make Stella sad. Remember, no. she's been crying for so long. Yes. I'm all dried up, out of tears. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's a thirsty Man. girl. Yeah. Okay. As, as we found out last episode, thirsty yeah. girl. We're on the second of a back-to-back record here, so the energy is goofy, but um, just but like great. the Disney character. Uh, we also, <laughs> one, one last Keepside correspondence. Uh, this came through Instagram. There's a very cool other Dawson's Creek podcast called I Remember Everything. Unfortunately, none of us can listen to it because it's filled with spoilers, but I'm sure it's incredible. I bet. But Olivia from that show reached out and uh, they replied to one of our memes that we posted about inappropriate age relationships being (laughs) uh, a little too much in this. And Olivia told us to buckle up because it doesn't stop here. (laughs) So that sucks. Uh, But they also had very sweet things to say. Uh, about the show they said they love it and they love our interpretation of the series as a whole and they legitimately laugh out loud while listening to us talk about dc so that's so cool thank you so much i remember everything pod uh for those listeners out there that listen to our show and want more dc content i'm sure that show fucking rips just as much as ours does but our show's the best i don't know about that i think we're all equal and yeah. I think we should all form a DC union. That's what I meant. I yes. agree. Let's form the Dawson's Creek podcast union. We can have a festival. Yes. <laughs> can you imagine how cool it would be to have a Dawson's Creek podcast fest where there's like, I don't know, how many episodes are there in the total run of Dawson's Creek? That's how many s- time slots we need to have at the festival. <laughs> And everybody is gets one episode to talk about <laughs> every podcast. We invite all the different podcasts for Dawson's Creek. I have an idea. Okay. You know how sometimes yes, when you, you go to like an amusement park or whatever, they have those like cutouts and you put your head in oh, to yes. take photos. Yeah. It could be like a boat and yes. then a, a cardboard cutout Ooh. with the characters or something. Okay. The characters of Dawson's Creek. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> this is going to be a festival there. with a bunch of podcasters and one little cardboard cutout <laughs> of people on a boat. I have an idea. I have an idea. You know how when you go to like a science museum, they have those simulators that go up and down like yeah. you're in a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. We could have one of those, but we make it, we force it to play episodes of Dawson's Creek <laughs> on the inside and it's still doing like the crazy Gosh. bump and But down. it's like a boat yeah. and it's yeah. like you're yeah. riding yeah. the creek and watching yeah. Whitewater episodes. rafting. Okay. It's oh. a whitewater rafting simulator and it's... <laughs> Oh not doing God. the simulation on the inside. It's just doing Dawson's Creek episodes yes. while we yell things mm-hmm. inside. I love it. That's really cool. We could yes. also like incorporate maybe like a, what, all like AG, like, or no, what is it? Like a, uh, augmented reality? Yeah. Agriculture. AR? Agriculture, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, good band. Um, no, you do uh, augmented reality and you can go into a room and break up with Dawson. Yes. Ooh, okay. yes. I love oh, that idea. So good. Okay. Yeah. Get all these techies together and make yep. it happen. Yep. Okay. What do you mean you don't love me anymore? Yes. I love this idea. Amazing. Yes. All right. Well, Dawson's Creek podcasters out there that listen to our show too. We got to make it happen. Which is weird if you are. Well, okay. Sorry. I take that back. It's not weird. It's really cool. Please keep listening. Okay. Let's get into it. So this episode, we are talking about season two, episode 10, high risk behavior. It aired on January 13th, 1999. The first episode of the year 1999. Man, it's a good year. Yeah. 
And as Dawson's new film exposes his uncertainty over his relationship with Joey, Pacey and Andy explore the idea of having sex. Yikes. Yikes. This episode was written by Jenny Bix and directed by James Whitmore Jr. James Whitmore Whitmore. Jr. (laughs) Two new names, I think. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I would remember a James Whitmore Jr. (laughs) that came across before. Okay. um, All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and get into this episode then. Cody, do you want to take it away? Wait, no, stop. Are Dawson and Paisley finally confessing their love for one another? Unfortunately not. They're just doing a read through of Dawson's new script. Pacey thinks the stylized dialogue and clear analog to their real lives is a bit much. While it's dark and emotionally driven, Pacey thinks the lack of boning makes it fall a little flat. Dawson thinks fucking is way too obvious. The next day, Jen and Dawson hand out audition flyers for the big flick. While Dawson thinks a Dawson doppelganger would be perfect for the lead role, Jen thinks he's a total goody two-shoes bore and instead prefers what Dawson describes as a sewer rat. (laughs) Jen thinks he's dangerous and sexy, and it would be a less obvious choice for the movie. Meanwhile, Pacey delivers an STD test to Andy, letting her know that he's not HIV positive. What a responsible king. The topic of sex pops up. While Andy feels nervous, Pacey says he's down to scrump with her as soon as she's ready, but there's no reason to rush. This revelation makes her kind of excited. Elsewhere, Joey is doodling a big naked human being based on a live new model from her previous art class. Dawson is flummoxed. Joey Potter in a room with a nude man? While she admits it makes her a little nervous, she's getting used to it. And here, Dawson confirms that Jen is his new producer. In Capeside High, our two heinous villains, Abby and Chris, choose crass chew over auditioning for dawson's movie chris is confident and he thinks they'd have good chemistry back with joey jack pops in to compliment her new doodle but just when the flirtation gets going he spills a big cup of something all over her art (laughs) later jack tries to apologize but joey explains there's nothing that can fix it but there's one thing jack thinks could help oh yeah baby he offers to pose nude for joey for some reason she's hesitant (laughs) but he promises it won't be sexually charged and it won't be weird strictly professional it's a plan later at her place jack rolls into the living room clothed only in a towel uncomfortable vibes y'all as the doodle (laughs) commences they talk about the titanic role reversal wink As she gets more uncomfy, she tells him that he should probably go home. But as he gets up, the towel drops. All is revealed in the house of Potter. Now that the cat's out of the bag, they go back to doodling. They talk about her art journey, allowing her to take chances. Jack agrees. Art is scary and vulnerable. He admits to also being scared of sex. (laughs) He admits to not being a virgin, but only having done the deed once. Joey's virgin ears are burning. She wants to know the deets. Jack monologues a confusing and weirdly written speech describing sex as famous paintings. Yeesh. Joey looks like she's going to climax right then and there. A phone rings, bodies move, and you guessed it. Jack has a big fat boner. Now dressed, Jack apologizes. 
Joey is feeling awkward. He doesn't want things to be weird, but Joey is stumbling over her words. She feels like she's growing up pretty quickly. Jack puts out an invitation to explore her curiosities from model to tour guide, baby. He wants her bad. They inch closer and closer as though little animated steam lines are erupting off their hot little heads. Closer, closer, closer. No reason for the night to stop now. Their lips lock. They're groping. And we fade out to Joey's absolutely unhinged drawing of Jack who looks more like a hairless version of one of Dawson's E.T. dolls combined with a pale mermaid. In Capeside High's auditorium, Jen and Dawson hold auditions for some pretty unskilled performers. Abby and Chris hit the stage, first criticizing Dawson's script being dry, but then jump into their performance. No way, they're pretty good! All until Chris unpromptly tries to make out with Abby, taking the script a little too far. She's rightfully upset and runs out of the room. Later, when Dawson is complaining that the movie may not come to fruition, Jen draws a parallel to Dawson's never really getting Joey. She then goes on to say how it makes her feel unimportant, but Dawson disagrees. Jen embarrassingly asks him what he liked about her. He talks about her being fun and sexy. Jen switches gears, saying the characters in Dawson's script need to fuck. It's romantic. (laughs) Jen says the girl in the story is obvious, which is why the unclimactic not boning is also obvious. Later that night, Jen and Dawson hang out outside. He tells her that he's lucky to have her as a friend. She not so jokingly says she could be his leading lady, and he, wink, wink, thinks maybe she's right. Jen reiterates the fault of his no boning script rule. It ain't real. Love is fueled by lust. It's risky and not obvious. Intent and motive make sex interesting. Hubba hubba. Maybe it's time for a rewrite, huh, Dawson? Back at his place, he struggles with his edits. He pulls out a small frame photo of Joey, which is strange, (laughs) as inspiration, and then deletes the script. Later that night, he crawls through Jen's window. He's been pondering her advice. He leans in. Yes, people, it's a smooch. He asks her to not guess his motive. A makeout sesh begins to ensue. But over at the drugstore, Pacey runs into Andy picking up her antidepressants. She covers, saying it's for her mom, and he's none the wiser. But where do they find themselves? <laughs> the condom aisle. Uh-oh. While she's excited to eventually go buy a one-way ticket to Boneville, she doesn't know if she's ready. Yet, she insists he gets some to be prepared. Outside, Andy tells Pacey she wants her first time to be special, a French restaurant dinner, strolling the docks, and being at a historical B&B with lavender candles and Sinatra. Yowza! She wants <laughs> to make this one... T- <laughs> she so wants sexy. to make... Yeah. She wants this to be one to remember, and Pacey says he wants to be the one to make it memorable. Andy likey. <laughs> that night, oh yeah, baby, we're at a French restaurant. We're talking boardwalk strolls. We're arriving blindfolded at an old-timey B&B. <laughs> The setting is revealed and Andy expresses trepidation. Pacey embraces her and says it's NBD. He just wants to give her the fantasy that she wants and he thanks her. In a twist of fate, she says maybe she does want to do it, making out commences. But once on the bed, Pacey admits to not thinking this is the right time for them. Hmm. He really doesn't think that they're ready. He admits to not wanting to fall back into his old horny habits and he wants a real relationship. And there he insists on driving her home after they warmly embrace a montage ensues of the Joey Jack, Jen Dawson sexcapades as Pacey walks Andy home hand in hand. And as the camera begins to hover in a crane shot, we are hit with our first ever to be continued. It's <laughs> <laughs> terrifying. That sounds scary. Ah, holy shit. It's the scariest thing I've ever seen. Um, I don't know about this episode. 
Interesting. Lots, lots of interesting choices. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. First question. Uh, do we think this episode took place in one day? Oh, oh I didn't think about this. Good time, question. Like yeah. I, it was kind of wild that like they all have this, th- this, you know, they're, they're having sex at the same time. Like that's like wild. Yes. To, it's yeah, so it's just like, as so, friends do. Of right. course. Exactly. It, I guess, sorry. I guess I just remembered that there is, when Jack and Joey are talking about him coming over, does he say, I'll come over? Seven o'clock tonight. Seven o'clock tonight? I think so. Oh, okay. Or yeah. was it a different day? I don't That's remember. A, I think Good. it was that night. Yeah, because he she needs it like tomorrow I'll for by, school yeah. or something, right? He's like, I'll be by at seven or something. Yeah. I'm going to say 95% of this takes place in the same day, yeah. the yeah. only thing that's off is the opening, uh, cold open with yeah. the scene right. reading because yeah. that's in Dawson's room at nighttime. Unless Maybe they the got together, before. like, yeah, it's like 5 like, a.m. and Pacey rolled over before yeah. school to do this. <laughs> it does feel... <laughs> or just like the night before. As yeah. a nod to our last episode, like, quote unquote, peak creek to have all of them having sex at the, or about oh, to have sex at the same reaching time. Reaching that peak. That is like such... <laughs> Yeah, baby. That is that is such a Dawson's Creek thing mm. for all of our characters to have the same experience at the same time separately, mm-hmm. though, from mm-hmm. each other. Yeah. I wish they were all doing it in the same room, though. You God, know? Yeah. that would be so much cooler. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Hot. It would be so yeah. cool if they went back to the house party and instead of Jen about to be uh, taken advantage of by two guys, they were all just having sex in the same room. Or yeah. better yet, yeah. on a boat, like all, you know, just on oh. out on the creek. Yeah. Oh, out on the creek. <laughs> that would be really cool. Love yeah. that idea. In everyone's backyard, everyone's like looking yeah. outside. Wow. Another skinny dipping session. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it does seem like it's still fall. Like there's yeah. lots yes. of shots of the leaves and sweaters and sweaters. Yeah. It's like sweaters. been fall for so many yeah. episodes, like since understand. the beginning of the season, I think because yeah. the beginning of the season starts with them going back to school after Joey decides not to go abroad. Right. Cause right. so yeah. So we had summer. We skipped summer. Yeah. Are they in the next grade yet? No. Same what? year. I think it's, it's the, the same, same year. year. They're all still 15, He's but they just had homecoming dance. Yeah. Yes. It's the second semester, second half of the year. Okay, okay. But time Which is standing still. Time does not make sense. sense. No, yeah. it doesn't yeah. make, it make sense. sense. It's driving me crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I really, really want to know. I just want some markers of like, yeah. yeah, there's snow. I know we haven't seen snow and they definitely get snow there. Right. Yeah, it's so. supposed to be New England. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't exist in Cape Side though. Yes, not. Place. Is it Oz? Like where are we? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, but, but if this does all take place in one day, it is so funny to me that Pacey plans this oh, whole yeah, yeah. Like, very yeah. Like, yeah. books fans, the Airbnb, or yeah. Airbnb. <laughs> yeah. the B and B. Yeah, yeah. What I love about that, okay, I I love. We'll we'll talk more about it. But what I love most is that he books this room at this very fancy looking B and B with a fireplace in the yeah. room. It's like really nice. And then when they decide not to have sex, he's like, "It's okay, let's just leave." Yeah. <laughs> Did you rent it for like three hours? What the fuck is happening here? What? And they're just yeah. like, okay, yeah, let's let's go on out of here. And yeah. who in their right mind would allow a 15-year-old yeah. to I book know. this room yeah. and bring yeah. in a blindfolded 15-year-old <laughs> at check-in? Yeah. The, the people, well, it's like a small town. They all know each other. They're like, oh, it's yeah. just Pacey. Oh, oh is that the sheriff's son? Doing yeah. his thing. Okay. That's why. It's the sheriff's yeah. son. Oh, he can do whatever he wants. Yeah, well, they, we don't want to get arrested. We've here. got an agreement. They yeah. can do whatever they want here. God. Yeah, we know Dougie's been there plenty of times. <laughs> a few too many times. Just with his gun blindfolded, like, don't worry, baby. <laughs> I got your fantasy all worked out. Yeah. Uh, 
His gun is blindfolded, people, not a person. He yes. loves his gun. Of course. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, I mean, this episode feels very weird. I mean, it's all taking place in one day, and it only really feels like with, because it becomes three, like A story, B story, C yes. story, but they're all equally as important. And it's all kind of taking place at the exact same time, but it really only feels like there's momentum going with the ten, the huge sexual tension yes. that's between Joey and Jack. Like, obviously. Oh, interesting. Well, at least that's how it felt to me because you know, his boner pops out. Yeah. They have like really passionate conversations about sex. Joey looks like she's about to slide off that stool. I mean, Ew. it's all yeah. very Ew. intense. Ew. Yeah. Disgusting. So slip and slide, but like everyone else, <laughs> it doesn't really feel like there's like a lot of momentum and it feels like there's all this, they're doing parallel editing to show that it's all taking place at the same time to make. And it seems like so fastly intercut yeah. between their stories that it feels like there's a lot of momentum with everybody else. But when I like, kind of like remove myself and look at this like on a macro level. It's the only tension really is Joey and Jack. Everyone else is just kind of doing their own thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I see it from the Pacey and Andy. That's where I actually see the tension more than at Joey and Jack. But I do agree with you. Like it, it does feel much like we've seen in, I think a lot of the episodes this season where it's just like, everybody has to be doing the same thing. So regardless of whether it really makes sense for them, we're going to see them doing it anyway. And they're just going to kind of like justify it however they will. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see it. Yeah. And it's, it's just like all of this like culminates into feeling like such a part one episode. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like it, it's like a lot. I mean, there's like weird insert shot. Like this yes. is padded out. There's like that one insert early on with the guy playing football and it's using like choppy 1999 yes. MTV oh, yeah. editing. Very cool. And then there's like even this one shot of like a POV shot yeah. from a, a little boat going up to Joey's house. Yeah. That is yeah. so strange. I don't know what that's even supposed to like. Are we saying that that's what Jack saw when he was rowing up? Oh, interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, There's a lot of, yeah, weird. Yeah, it's like handheld like camera. Yeah, so it looks definitely. like you're seeing yeah. someone's P- POV. Yeah. yeah. I definitely felt like there was just a lot of weird editing choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All, it just felt really strange. Yeah. I'm cool with it. Like I like taking a big swing and doing something weird. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just thought it was really unnecessary. I don't know if you guys saw this. I saw a deleted scene where they, it was, it was from when um, they're doing where Jack is posing and the, the light falls over and it illuminates his ding donger. Yeah. There's this deleted scene where it then has a sizzle and a bunch of, (laughs) (laughs) what? (laughs) (laughs) There's a sizzle and a bunch of smoke comes out and it's like, it's cooking his dick. Yes. <laughs> and then the light moves away. It's just a steak. I thought it was really weird that they did that. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I can't believe they didn't include that in the final <laughs> cut. Get us up to the 42 minute mark. <laughs> a lot of choices in this episode. I've been thinking about that for so long. <laughs> wasn't worth it but it was funny to me oh i like it it's, it's a good visual it's a better visual than that fucking painting yeah can someone draw that uh, yeah speaking of that painting that really looked like one of those little mexican mummy aliens oh, oh yes yes, yes. Oh, Wait, did you look at the memes that i've already dropped in that episode <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, it was like a mix of like Jake the Alligator Boy, which is a local <laughs> thing here. Yes, it was. Um, I, I, I. We talked about this. We took a little break bef- between our last episodes, but the drawing that she ends up doing of Jack versus the drawing that Jack spills like chocolate milk or whatever the yeah. fuck it is on. Those are two completely different drawings. So what happened here? Completely different poses. Yeah. If you were the teacher, you'd be very confused. Yeah. yeah. Like, why do I have this weird little bo- like <laughs> doll Mommy head man. on a mannequin? 
<laughs> it's such an unhinged drawing. He barely has nipples. There's like nothing like in his like t- torso form that like shows that this is a human being. It just looks like so a baby bad. face. Yeah. And, and then his like pose, like with his legs just yeah. kind of up and like almost looks a like fetal, a little mermaid. It's almost like a fetal position. And yes. It's like she's ashamed of it already because he's so small in the yeah. middle of the canvas <laughs> and there's just nothing around him. But, um, okay. So what y'all think just about Jack in general asking Joey if he can pose for her for the sketch? Like absurd. Totally like, weird. What? Like, Any what? Sense. And he looks like just at school uh, immediately like, regretful. After I know. Asking. Yeah. Just the shot of him walking down the yeah, hall. He, he looks like, like so upset. Touching his, <laughs> his, uh, yeah. you know, arms, arms and it looks so uncomfortable. And it's just like, why did you? <sighs> it's what, so weird. Why? Why? What is the motivation? I mean, is it really? Cause because it's, you like Joey, it's just, he it's feels so contrived. It's so, yeah. Is he hanging such dong that he's mm. like, maybe if I pose for her, she'll know that I'm thicker mm. than a snicker and she will be just like enraptured in lust. It must be. I mean, it, is it a move? Do we think it's a move or? It was confusing know. to me. Like, I, it doesn't make any sense. No, because yeah. he's it's not like smooth. Move. Like he's not smooth about the way, the way that he asks. So it's like, he's yeah. not sure. Well, and like you guys are saying, he walks away like, almost like he's been exploited or like he's yeah. uh, feeling very vulnerable. You like know? he it's regrets like, it right yeah. away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like Jack in general, like the last few episodes, like it just really seems not like his character. Self. Yeah. 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 I mean, we don't, we know so little. About I know, him, but like, so I feel like, like for a while, mm. like we, like he seemed really like sweet and like playful and like, I don't know, like he and Joey had like a fun banter. Yeah. And since like, I don't know, the last few episodes, it just seems like, I don't know. We're, we're getting to know the real Jack. Maybe, he's a maybe. Freak. Yeah, maybe yeah. he's just a little freak. Likes burning his dick. It's weird. <laughs> like a little steak. <laughs> but that scene where he is describing uh, what sex is. Yeah through all the different oh paintings. God. It's like was, someone massaging Monet's lily pads. I, I actually do need to never ending. It was about. like, I thought he was just not never going to stop. It was, was one of the worst each. things I've ever seen in my that, life. Yeah, That I need to revise something. <laughs> that is Pete Creek right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that 100%. Is. That is like I mean, the most Dawson's Creek moment of this episode. Georgia O'Keeffe's flower holding you. It's <laughs> like, and shut then Joey, up. And then Joey just, just like falling yeah. off. Her, like God. drooling. It was like, disgusting. Oh, I, it was I know so what. What was that? What was it? Wish that I heard that in real life. You know what I mean? Like that's something that if I heard, I would just be like, "Wow, there are people like this in the world." Yeah, just so transparent to me that like they're in the writers' room and they block. You know, they're like they block out the scene and they're just like, "Okay," and this is where Jack says something poetic. They're like, "Okay, okay, move on, move on, move on." Yeah, and then they finally like issued this episode to who? Like, I forgot already who wrote this episode. They get it and they're sitting there and and they're looking at their note and like, and then Jack says something poetic. What the fuck? (laughs) I have twelve hours to write this. Uh, Okay, uh, Georgia O'Keeffe pussy flowers. Uh, Um, uh, Let's get uh, ten more artists in here. Just unhinged. Lay, laying on Monet's lily pads. It's just <laughs> it's like, so what? starry night. Yeah, starry night. The scream. Like what? I thought. I I I mean I I want to put it in other contexts and like hear that. I want to hear somebody cover that scene in the style of like a deadhead. Somebody who's <laughs> like really into Grateful Dead. You know what I mean? Like it's just like that doesn't. It, I did. It's so yeah. funny. What? I did like when he, he said he mentioned the screen painting and that's when the phone rang. Yes. And I was like, mm-hmm. scream. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah that's fun. I, I appreciated that little nugget. What's your favorite horror yeah. movie? 
Um, he the also climax is like the 1973 Vanita Oregon Dark Star. He has a, Jack also has a weird line delivery. He says, "Imagine how comfortable we will be with each other after I'm, tonight," and he yeah. says it in such a weird, creepy yeah, way. Yeah, creepy. It really it's does. like. His it, poeticness is turning yeah. into creepiness. It is. It's it really super is. lecherous it really is how is. it comes across. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, d- I didn't know how to feel about it. I was just like, ew, this feels like yeah. slimy. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's the scumminess really started for me during the episode when they went on that uh, quote unquote date where they sat yeah. and ate burgers and looked at the rainstorm. Right. And dat? that's what he was oh, like. Yeah. The dat? Da- oh, dat. the dat. Yeah. Dat, sorry. Dat, yeah. Sorry. Freaks. There's no rules. <laughs> yeah. Only right. Oh my God. Yeah. Even that is creepy. So like during that, he was coming on way too hot, hotter than yeah. he's ever come on. And yeah. now it's coming to the point where he's like, yeah, I'll pull my dick out for you. Would you yeah. like that? Huh. Like what the fuck happened to this character? He's no longer like sweet and innocent. You know, like this episode I think makes it, he's supposed to be sweet and innocent. Cause he's like, I've had sex, but only once. And it scares yeah. me unless I talk about it like it's a pain. <laughs> <laughs> And then I make a big sticky. <laughs> oh, boo. Just like. Yeah, we're going to have to like put a, I don't know, a disclaimer. <laughs> this is going to be our most disgusting episode. Okay. And then also throughout the episode, we hear the term little Joey Potter. Oh, which yeah. also just, the infantilizing of Joey is disgusting. It's so yeah. gross. Yeah. So gross. And the way that Dawson Who talks that? to her. Was it Do- Dawson? Dawson. And then oh, Joey okay. describes herself. And she's like, oh, oh no. I'm just little right. Joey Potter. Yeah. Not so little anymore. Yeah. So uh, one of us or one of our fans should Photoshop Joey in with like the propeller hat and yes. the big lolly. Um, I think it was in our last episode, Stella, that you brought up how she was revealed to be in the three percent tile yes. of the school, and it's this episode and that other episode with the dad where I'm like, is she really in the three percent tile? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. she's so naive. Unless she's just book smart, not street smart. Mm, but sure. she's talked about how she's had to be street smart because she's had to grow right. up without parents. Right. So I don't know. I do like on this same vein that she says she has the drawing talent of a second grader. And um, <laughs> then when we see the final product, it's better than a second grader, but I mean, I'm going to place it as seventh grade. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know if, you know, some people who listen to this podcast don't watch the show. Some people do. We will have an image on our We're social media of yes. this drawing. Uh, do we make it our podcast logo? From I mean, now I on? thought about that. <laughs> I like that idea. Um, C- Cody and I laughed for 15, 20 minutes straight just with the screen. It's just a, a brief, like yeah. you see it very quickly. And I was yeah. like, hold up. We need to just go back. They and try to get away with yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I'm a hyperbolic person, but I know joke laughed for 20 straight minutes. They sent Hardest us a video. I've ever laughed. Yeah. They, yeah. they sent us a video and it is, um, it's it's some deep belly laughs. Yeah, yeah. He was like that with the. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen Cody laugh that hard in a very long time. I just like I want to know if you know the trivia listener about how this drawing came up. If it was like an assistant that just had to like so whip this funny. up in ten minutes. If there was like another drawing that like got burned somehow during <laughs> the production, we need to know. It's it, just it it just looks so weird. It looks like it's been photoshopped with the the head on top of it. It just looks and, and this isn't like I'm not a good drawer. I'm not saying a drawer. Yeah. I'm not a good drawer. <laughs> I'm not a good drawer. Draw artist. I think I'm a, I think I'm a illustrator. <laughs> illustrator. Yeah. Illustrator. Okay, well, I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. This but is yeah, a disgusting we're, I mean, yeah, we're not. <laughs> this is getting bad. I'm not. I'm not a drawer. 
So I don't think I would, I'm not, I would not do any better, but maybe it is believable because she is not like a great artist yet, but it's just like a weird choice. I thought the first drawing was actually pretty decent. I agree. I think the thing that I'm most confused about is do they have live nude models for minors who are in an art class in an old, uh, it's a like a college, college class. class. She said that she's the youngest, she's the youngest one. She's yeah, like, and I, she you're right though, she is a minor. You so, know, I, well, maybe she uh, had she to get consent, in, um, like a little permission slip. Oh, that looks probably, like the probably. Zodiac composite sketch. Ooh. Definitely. Yeah. I, that's yeah, that's what I thought actually. His face looked like a composite sketch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This merman wanted dead or alive. <laughs> I'm going to sneeze. Sorry, hold on. Well, We're going to have to wait to see if she sneezes to the other side of this break. We'll be right back. I want to talk about the theme of performance. Shakespeare's episode. Shakespeare. (laughs) Uh, No, so... Uh, this is where my mind went when I was watching this episode. So in 1959, a sociologist named Irving Goffman wrote a very famous book called The Presentation of Self in Everyday Life, where he uses oh, theater. Yeah. Like, yes. I've read that. Everyone yeah. has. I feel like it's like a high school must kind of thing. So it's like. <laughs> totally. I've read it too. <laughs> he uses theater language to convey social interaction and he refers it as as it to the dramaturgical model of social life. So in this analogy, individuals are actors playing various roles on a stage before an audience with both a front stage and a backstage persona. The front stage represents the public persona. People present to others influenced by their awareness of the audience's expectations. Mm. It involves elements like appearance, manner, and setting, all of which convey social status and social roles. The backstage is where individuals can be themselves free from the roles they play in front of others. And Goffman also uh, emphasizes impression management where individuals aim to prevent embarrassment by ensuring that all parties involved share a common understanding of the situation. So with that said, looking at Pacey and Dawson, the episode begins with the fake out of Dawson and Pacey performing Dawson's play, confessing their love to one another. And this established the role of performance at the get-go of this episode. It's saying like, you should think about these kind of fake outs while you're watching this. And I feel like also watching the show in general, because up until now we've been seeing so many people present themselves as one thing when in reality, the backstage self of them, maybe something like Jen, she presents herself as the party girl in reality. She's not or like Andy, Andy too. So, also, even Chris, his front stage, backstage performance, we're getting a little inception-y with this one because it's literally about a performance. But Chris is like, we've talked about, he's just like a tool. Like, yeah. he's just like a neutral tool, kind of asshole kind of character. Um, but at the same time, he performs a great performance for Dawson's yet-to-be-made film. And the moment is ruined when he kisses Abby, showing his backstage self. Like, that's right. like his true yeah. self. It's like, that's his tool moment. Um but it, weirdly enough, he lacks the self-awareness to like even be embarrassed right. about this moment. So, And interestingly, to that point as well, that kiss is okay. It's the fact that he put his tongue in her mouth, something we can't see, something backstage. Yeah, there you go. That makes it unacceptable. Yeah. And then Joey and Jack, they've 
been performing as though they don't want to jump each other's bones. It's like they, it's like almost fatalistic that they will end up together. But these last couple of episodes, it's like, they're like, I don't know, skating around the fact that like, this is something that they want to do. And they finally let their guard down with one another by the end of this episode. And that's, you know, when they can be their backstage selves, they fuck like, this is who they are. Dawson and Jen, I feel like that's like the, biggest one because it's it's alluded to throughout the episode of like who is playing the lead girl in Dawson's movie which according to his cinematic worldview the movie is his life he desires Jen but doesn't want to admit it he performs as though that's not his true intention Jen too has also been performing uh, to a lesser extent until recently it's when Dawson finally drops the facade that he wants her and they can be true with one another in their backstage selves is when they do connect Mm -hmm. at the end of the episode Pacey performing for Andy's fantasy. This is also very obvious. The reason they're the only couple that don't hook up is because it's a forced performance. You know, while Pacey's intentions are coming from a place of honesty and compassion, it's a fantasy that they're building. It's a facade. It's not true. And once they can be quote unquote backstage with one another, they allow their vulnerabilities to dictate the decision to wait for sex to be something that's actually real instead of this fantasy that they're performing. And funnily enough, the one that cracks me up the most is Jen's actor choice to play Dawson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dawson wants that doppelganger to play him, but Jen wants a bad boy. But in the end, she is choosing the goody two shoes, yeah. even though she said that's not something that she is attracted to. Right. So I, I feel like this is emblematic, not only of this episode, but like I said, the whole series, like the, we've been seeing these portrayals of who they want people to believe who they are and them being embarrassed of who they actually are and what yeah. they actually want. So even though this episode is uh, wonky as fuck and a little too horny for my tastes, I do like the presentation of like the theme of identity and how yeah. it's been explored so much. Me too. I, uh, oh, go ahead. No, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was interesting kind of like you're saying at the beginning, they have Pacey and Dawson playing the characters and I thought it was interesting because Pacey's the first person to to tell Dawson he should, that his characters should have sex right yeah like but then in the end he's the only person that decides that we see decide before the to be continued not to have sex he's the one that yeah so i thought that was kind of like a good like full circle thing with that um no i mean like to your point about like pacey being the 180 right it's like it's it's the same thing with jen being the 180 Mm -hmm. it's like all these people start off this episode thinking they do want this one thing when in reality it's not like their actual intentions right yeah. yeah um even though Pacey, I mean, like we've all we've known about Pacey since his first introduction to the show is this boy is horny as yeah. fuck. Like all yeah. he wants to do is have sex. So for this to show that like he is taking somewhat, I mean, it's like responsibility for himself, but it also shows like his character that it's like, even though that is the number one thing he wants, he cares now so much more for Andy yeah. and like what right. she needs that that's like his true intentions. Yeah. It's like, I want to not, I don't want to use the word cater because it is coming from a good place, but he is willing to wait for this to be something real between them and he can recognize that. Mm -hmm. So I don't really know what his like true identity is, but it is transforming. Well, I like the, I I mean, I I do like this, like, you know, framing the, like his, his sexual uh, proclivities, I guess, within the context of performance. Cause with him and miss Jacobs, he was kind of performing a role of being a, one like teen boy who's got all these hormones, but also like trying to be more grown up. He's trying mm-hmm. to perform the role of being a more grown up teen with a little bit of more agency in his life. And now he is dropping the act of performance and instead trying to be more in touch with like what he actually wants and what he actually needs from his partner and not trying to 
in a sense, like uh, perform a role that isn't re- realistic for himself or for mm-hmm. the relationship. I want to ask you guys, I know this is a to be continued and we have a big hanging Chad here between Dawson and Jen and Joey and Jack. Do you think they end up having the bone town? Good question. I was also going to ask this question. I, um, I do not believe that Joey and Jack had sex. Agreed. Uh, I agree. I also don't think Dawson and Jen have sex. I think we get a triple fake out. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was wondering that too. If it like, yeah, because when, when the episode started and, you know, knowing what the, um, kind of setup was for the episode, um, I kind of thought that it would be Pacey and Andy who were going to have sex. Um, I thought that seemed the most like believable and likely. And then at the end, when we see them like walk home, I was like, I mean, maybe they still could have had sex, but I don't believe Mm. absolutely not Joey and Jack, maybe Dawson and Jen, but I also kind of like, don't know if I really think. I kind of wonder if we get Pacey and Andy having sex in the next episode Mm. and not Mm. Jen and Dawson or Jack mm-hmm. and Joey. Mm-hmm. So maybe, yeah. See them walk away not having done it, but then they think about they or you know, maybe they do in the next one. Call me Cody Contrarian over here, <laughs> but I think this is has to be the best way to have their cake and eat it too of them having sex and not having to show sure, it. Sure, they can leave it. Cause it's like they're supposed to be 15 year old characters. This isn't mm-hmm. fucking euphoria. Yeah. So it's like yeah. If they do this break of a to be continued and then the next episode starts the next day and they allude to them having sex, this is the best way to do it. We don't have to see Dawson's 15 year old O face. Like, (laughs) yeah. And like all of that is so disgusting. So this is girl. If they, if they, (laughs) (laughs) as established in the canon of freaks and creeks, the Dawson's Creek podcast still is the thirsty girl. Loved this episode. Um, But yeah, like it's like, I don't want, uh, how how do I put this in the most (laughs) PC way possible? If these characters are to have sex, I do not want to see it, but it would be good for their characters to have sex in the context of the show. And if this is the way that they're going to do it, sure. Better this than actually showing something. I also think it would be a a fun and interesting thing for them to cut to the morning and, and not really allude one way or the other. And we then have an open question Mm. for the rest of the season. Did they, or didn't they? Mm. And that becomes something that we either find out through the rest of the season, or maybe we don't find out. And everybody's just kind of left with their own interpretation of what happened. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Like I, I I think that we should never actually have any definitives in any TV show ever. <laughs> and everything should always be open to interpretation. Uh, I mean, I literally do believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Uh, I can't think of like any show where they like wrap up the mystery and anyone is ever satisfied. No. Where, but as like Twin Peaks, the return is the most like confounding piece of art I've ever engaged with, like in film or television. And I have no idea what it means. And I'm still thinking about it five years later. I'm reading a book about what people think it might mean. <laughs> it's that good. And it'll go on forever. That's the mm-hmm. way I want Dawson's Creek to be, baby. Do yeah. these people have sex? I don't know. That's left for the people watching to decide. Yeah. And why did Dawson turn into a big tea kettle? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That was a really cool <laughs> inspired choice by David Lynch and I'll defend it. Uh, okay. I got a couple of things. One, no. sorry, I'm going to take this away from Twin Peaks. Um, I like the uh, healthy kind of messaging around sex throughout the episode yes. mm-hmm. that Pacey's like, I got tested and, and we, we condom see them shopping. Yeah. Condoms. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
just like the healthy conversations about sex. Um, thought that was all really cool and refreshing. Um, and then also kind of like going, I feel like this kind of connected to what you were talking about, Cody, but, um, it seems like Dawson and Pacey kind of switch roles here. Like, uh, in terms of their risky behavior, um, Pacey is like this do now think later usually. And then Dawson is overanalyzing and Pacey says it's risky for him to not have sex because that means he might have an actual relationship with Mm -hmm. sustenance. And then at the end we see Dawson possibly choosing to have sex. Um, But I like that because in the beginning we see them reading these Mm -hmm. roles. um, And then at the end they kind of like switch roles. Yeah. Yeah. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah? Yeah, it's good stuff. Thank you. Wowee. There's a moment there, guys. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. Do we need to leave the room? Yeah. <laughs> Talk dirty art to me, yeah. please. Put it in the context of paintings and <laughs> we'll know to leave. Also with like, I want to talk also about this idea of like role reversals, but also like I'm having a hard time. Maybe you'll pick up on this Mal more than I did or like understand what they were trying to say, but Joey and Jack are dressed exactly the same, but opposite. Yes, I, I was about to down. say that thing yeah. too. I wrote this down. So yeah, they're wearing almost the, t- the same shirt. It's just different colors. It's like a plaid colored shirt. Um, and also white t-shirts and, and, yeah, and, and denim. Yes. So or dark pants. I noted it, but I am not. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and then I thought um, Dawson and Jen were both oh, kind of wearing like darker so, clothes. Yeah. So for, Jen, I mean, I do want to talk more about the Jack and Joey same shirt, but also for Jen, she was wearing a leather jacket um, when she's pr- like being producer for Dawson's film. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was like a, a good like power move for her when, you know, the last episode we saw her kind of like shedding a bunch of clothes mm-hmm. uh, and now she's wearing this leather jacket and she's kind of in this like role of like having, having like an, an actual role that where she's like helping do something and not just hanging out with Abby. So yeah. it's like, it adds like an entire was, level of like, confidence. Yeah, to her it, character. it adds confidence to She's her character. She's kind of dressed yeah. like Billy, her ex oh. from New York City. Yeah. What That's if, something. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> That's something. That's something. But yeah, Joey and Jack wearing the same shirt. And I was thinking like, oh. it could symbolize like conflict and tension. Yeah. And like, just like you're wanting them to like see it blend or mm-hmm. yeah, I think resolve. Um, orange and his was blue. So it wasn't, I don't know. Or they're like too similar. Yeah. They mm-hmm. can't work because of that, mm-hmm. because Possibly. opposites attract. Mm-hmm. Because as we know, Joey liked Dawson and they are very different while having some things in common. If they're dressed the same, maybe they're like, they have too much in common. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there has to, there, I mean, it's purposeful, it extremely is, it purposeful. Definitely, and it's like the exact same shirt. Yeah. It's a lot to chew yeah. on. I mean, they're so is, similar, yeah. but there's like one thing that's keeping them apart and that's not mm-hmm. going to be revealed until yeah. later. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, yeah, we'll see in the to be continued if we, if we're still in that, I wonder, I wonder if in the, in the next episode, we're still in those scenes. Like, will we yeah. see a continuation of those scenes <gasps> or right? Like, is it literally going to continue? I think the next episode starts in the next day of school and Joey shows okay. up wearing the wrong checkered oh, shirt. Oh, hit like his shirt? Yeah. Ooh. And Dawson is going to yeah. be like, I thought you were wearing orange checkers. Yeah, I just wonder <laughs> if there's going to be a carryover of like like that cloak, like 
the close carryover of like what we just saw. If or anything's if carrying gonna... over, it's those goddamn shirts. <laughs> those yeah. shirts, yeah. I love the idea that Joey shows up wearing Jack's shirt and Jack shows up wearing, wearing Joey's, Joey's shirt and it's oh like two God. sizes too small to <laughs> belly shirt. And he's just like, yeah, this is what, uh, yep. Um, also, okay. Why is, da- why do you all think that Dawson is denying that the script is about his relationship with Joey? I feel like he's like really like, uh, it's, not, it's not about Joey. He's afraid of vulnerability. He doesn't want to be like real with the fact that this is like coming from a place of hurt. He wants to pretend that this is like some, you know, big piece of art, that he's got mm. something deep and insightful to say about like teenage life when in reality it's just about his most recent experience. And that's like the least inspired choice he could make. Yeah. Mm. And also because he did say explicitly to Joey that the story is about yeah. getting her back. Yeah. And so right. if he is defensive and saying it's not about Joey, that's like his only deflect of being like, I'm not going to try to make some kind of move right. and get her back. I don't know. He's got to try to kind of like look like the good guy who's not trying to get her back. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? That yeah. Like, yeah. He therefore is trying to say that this isn't about that because then clearly I'm not trying to get her back. Mm-hmm. And do we think him deleting the script at the end of it was, was that the whole script that he deleted? I thought it, it was maybe like a scene or something the end, cause or the end. Like that's yeah. yeah. But it's hard because it does look like he deletes the whole thing. Does, yeah. Right. Like, and I'm wondering if that is supposed to mean like the, the change that needed to happen to the script isn't that he gets Joey again. It's that he goes for what he really wants, which is Jen, yeah. the Jen character in this screenplay that he's written. And yes. remind me, he deletes it after looking at the tiny photo of Joey, right? Yes. yes. So it's kind of like he looks at the photo of Joey and maybe realizes like either I don't want her anymore or I can't do this about her. I need to do it about mm. I need to move on. He, I need to move on. Yeah. And then he goes over to Jen's yeah. place. Or in, maybe he's thinking about what Jen told him where she was t- saying sex can be become more interesting if it's fueled by lust. And therefore mm-hmm. the story yeah. will be mm. more interesting. So if is he going to so now rewrite it about Jen? Yeah. Well, that's any great screenwriter, right? What you know. So he's yeah. going to do yes. a biopic yep. of his life. <laughs> yes, of course. Yep. Well, I, I was wondering about this because, yeah, so she tells him maybe you should consider a rewrite. You still have time. Um and it seems like she's kind of like hinting at like, yeah. this was like around the conversation about like lust and sex. Yeah. And it seems like she's trying to like insert herself into mm-hmm. that like yes. rewrite. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I wonder, yeah, if that is what is driving him to delete that and then like make this decision to go see Jen. Um, but then I also was wondering kind of like about her motivations. Um, you know, in the last episode we see like, she really wants to right. be friends. And yeah. now it's like this kind of, big contrast of talking about lust and sex. And um, yeah, I was kind of wondering if like, you know, we. And being his producer, so she's becoming close, you know, she's Mm -hmm. put herself in the position to like be close with him Mm -hmm. for the duration of the project. So yeah, it seems intentional that she is like, I think her motivation. It does seem intentional. And then I wonder like about, you know, I feel like for a while we've been talking about how she's lacking a lot of, um, character growth and motivation in general. And I wonder if we're picking up on like her feeling maybe empty Mm. and maybe like, because she's like producing with Dawson, she's starting to feel this like level of importance. Um, and that maybe she's wanting like this relationship 
more physical relationship with Dawson to make her feel better or like yeah. make mm. her, yeah, like having sex might make her feel better yeah. or like that maybe Definitely. that relationship will make her feel I think that's, more full or. Yeah. And Did we you, have, you all notice that she was holding a teddy bear before Dawson interrupts yes. her sleep mm. to like make out with her. She, yeah, she's laying in bed holding a teddy bear. I thought that was kind of telling to, you know, she's, I don't know, comfortable. We haven't talked about like the most yeah. obvious, I mean, this is like the most obvious thing. It's almost not even worth talking about, but the fact that she's the producer now, Joey used to be the producer. Yes. Yeah. So it's like literally filling the role of what Joey used to yeah. be. Yeah, and, and Joey, I think Joey commented on that and like briefly in this mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. It was kind of like, oh, Jen's your producer. Okay. On top of that, there's not only like Jen filling in the role for Joey as producer, but then this screenplay is ostensibly about Dawson and Jen, Joey's relationship. And then Dawson's like, yeah, you could be the leading role. So literally replacing Mm -hmm. Joey with Jen Mm -hmm. in the movie about Dawson and Joey. Yeah. A very healthy way to view relationships. (laughs) Definitely. You could be my new Joey. (laughs) I could feel that for you maybe. Uh, But it is cool. I mean, this is the third episode where we've had very minimal interactions between Dawson and Joey. And I'm really liking that. Me too. Yeah, because this entire season, whenever they do have an interaction, it's him losing his mind. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I also wanted to see this, you know, this isn't like a major plot point, but I was just kind of confused by this, uh, the scene with Abby and Chris, mm-hmm. like what, well, she's like opposed to reading with him. Yeah. Yeah. Which was like weird. Cause I thought the two of them were, were like chummy. Yeah. Um, and right. she like really doesn't want to read. And then they like get to the the audition and she's like, isn't there anyone else I can read with? I didn't really understand any of that. Mm-hmm. No. And then yeah. them reading together, I thought was really good. And yeah. I understand her not wanting his tongue in her mouth, but also like, aren't they romantically involved? Yeah. So why did she care so much that he kissed her? I don't know. All that's clear. It was, yeah, very confusing. I feel like this is the attempt at the show runner and writers in general being like, we need to build these characters up to be more substantial than they are right now. So like, this is, we're going to inch them, inch them, inch them, inch them closer into like being bigger. This is what we got with the election. This is what we get here. Who knows what the next episode is going to be like if they become a part of the crew. Hope not. Um, (laughs) But it's, correct me if I'm wrong, is Abby and Chris having that conversation in the hallway the first time that we've gotten two characters are not in the core four or Mitch and Gail talking to one another? I believe so. Yeah. It might, that might be. Yeah. So it feels substantial. Yeah. well, yeah. I mean, we did see in season one um, the the Cliff and um, that one oh, girl Nelly. speaking oh. Nelly in the right. when they're shooting Helmets of Glory. Nelly, yeah. We saw them have little interactions. Yeah, they're like there. The but new it was Cliff almost always Nelly. it was almost always as like a part of like the background of yeah. the core four mm-hmm. talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like Cliff and Nelly part two. Yeah, you know, it's like they're kind of replacing those. To like side, I feel like it's they're funny. both like yeah. they both could be like three different characters, but they're just yeah. putting right. them all into like they're okay. There's like the mean girl, not the yeah. mean girl group, but there's the mean girl, and then mm-hmm. like there's like right. the guy. Like it's just yeah. It was funny when I was writing my note for Chris, I accidentally wrote Cliff. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh wait, funny. no, that's not. But speaking is. of like the auditions, I loved watching all the different students. Me too. Like fun. they're like trying to read his ridiculous script. It mm-hmm. was just like I wonder if those so were fun. local kids <laughs> in wherever yeah. in Wilmington or wherever they filmed this or uh, or what? Because that would be like a fun little cameo if you were a yeah. local high school kid, yeah. and you got to be in this show auditioning for this. You know, that would be that would be fun if you were yeah. in the show and you listened to Freaks and Creeks. <laughs> let us know. Um, I have one other little thing that again isn't like super important, but just 
was confused by it and wanted to see what you guys thought. Um, that scene where we have Andy and Pacey in the hall talking about sex when he's like, I got tested. It kind of felt like Pacey was egging her on or like playing dumb. Cause mm-hmm. she's like, just because you got tested doesn't mean we're going to, you know, and he's like, no, I don't know. What do you mean? Yeah. And then like, he keeps like pretending like he doesn't know. I couldn't tell if it was yeah, just like know. their usual banter. Yeah, like it seemed like he was trying it, to like get her trying, to say it. Yeah. But then he was like really sincere she, yeah, and later in trying, that moment. Yeah, I, I, it was confusing. Well, maybe it's not mutually like, exclusive. Like he yeah. wants, yeah. I mean, like he says, he's like, I would love to have sex with you. He does say yeah. that like later in the yeah. Yeah. conversation. I'd love to have sex with you only when you're ready though. Mm-hmm. It was I, just like a weird vibe. Yeah. There were just like moments where I was like, this doesn't make sense. I agree with you. And I kind of think to Cody's point, it's his way of like fe- testing out if she's actually ready. Mm, yeah, like mm-hmm. Because if she's ready for it, she would be okay with talking about it. Yeah. And if she's not okay yeah. with actually talking about what and why she wants this, maybe she's not actually ready for yeah. it. I, I, I mean, it that's giving Casey written, like- Like show don't tell kind of thing where it's like you see- dialogue or he, yeah yeah it, i thought it, i I, yeah. I thought it, i appreciated it but yeah yeah i thought it was i thought it was nice i mean yeah and the fact that we see that like pacey's intentions are good makes that conversation way better because if this is something that chris was doing you would be egging on it'd be yes. like yeah. i'm trying to fuck right now like yeah like yeah. just trying to manipulate her mm-hmm. to double down on being ready yeah all right well i think that about does it for season two episode 10 oh, it is time for our ratings and recommendations uh i give a three this is a fine episode um it just like feels so much as like a one part one of a two-parter when you break down the abc stories it's like minimal locations like the use of montage and parallel editing to make it seem like there's like some kind of momentum going on when there really isn't that much going on just feels kind of flat to me and I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's fine. There's like nothing about it that like seems like awful it, other than like some confusing writing with what's going on with that fucking painting monologue. It's like <laughs> so weird. And I guess like everything that really does happen with Jack, this episode is extremely weird and confusing and weird. not well written. But I, like I went on and on about, I do think like the, I, these themes of like identity and like showing who you really are and hiding who you really are is all very interesting and good for the show. And it's pushing it forward into a place where these characters can be more honest with one another and create some drama too, which has me entertained. So yeah, three. Not bad. I am giving it a three as well. Um, I think I would have given it a little bit of a higher rating if it weren't for the Jack and Joey storyline. I just ridiculous. Um, (laughs) <laughs> and his dialogue was just like awkward and forced and I don't know, ridiculous. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I thought like, I thought Pacey and Andy's story kind of made up for it a little. I liked Pacey's decision in the end and how it matched up with Dawson's original script, especially since he was the first person to tell Dawson that his character, that his character should have sex. I liked that like 180. I thought that was um, a good, uh, good writing. Um, and I thought the ca- casting process for his Dawson movie was kind of like messy, but entertaining because yeah. um, we like, we got some world building in Cape side. Um, and it's also good to see Dawson growing a little bit. So three. I, yeah, I'll give it a uh, 2.8. Wow. Wow. Precise. Not as precise as James maybe, but, um, 
<sighs> yeah, I felt kind of whatever about this episode. Uh, there were some things that made me laugh really hard, so that was fun. But uh, otherwise, I didn't like a lot of the writing and uh, thought there was just a lot of interesting choices that I didn't really appreciate. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. I'm going to give this a 2.06, which mm. is pretty low. And I, honestly, I think I, it's a little bit maybe too low, but, it, you know, the, the numbers don't lie. I got to, it's like you Shakira, you know, my hips don't lie. Oh, yeah. My hips are made of numbers and my numbers <laughs> say 2.06. So I can't well say no. Um, it just, it was kind of boring and it was very contrived. And I felt like as soon as we got the very first interaction between Andy and Pacey and they were kind of like talking around sex, I knew that was what the whole episode was going to be about. I knew every character was going to somehow get shoehorned this plot into them. And sure enough, that's what happened. The comedy that is the art does make up for it. And I do want to give it like a five just for that, but I can't. So it's a, it's a 2.6, 2.06 for me. If we were rating this just on entertainment value, oh, this yeah. gets an 11 yeah. out of five. <laughs> for sure. You're going to get some good memes. Oh Freak yeah. yeah. Holy shit. Go look at our Instagram right now at freaks and creeks pod. Cause I bet you you'll get a little, a, a couple of yucks out of it. Well, on that note, on the note of yucks, I guess, let's go ahead and talk about our recommendations. I will go first. I'm going to recommend an album from a great Australian band. They make rock music. Mm-hmm. They make psychedelic music. Mm-hmm. They are not King Gizzard and oh, the Lizard Wizard. Wowie. They are a band called Babe Rainbow, and they oh, just yeah. came out with a new EP. It's called The Mushroom. It's called... Well, I should say it's called Mushroom EP. It's not called The Mushroom EP, but it's very fantastic. Um, I really like, you know, the first couple records out of Babe Rainbow. I have not been as much of a fan of their more recent releases because they're a little bit more on, they're they're still very psychedelic. They're still very fun. They're just a little bit more, um, I'd call them like uh, poppy instead of mm. like 60s psych rock. Still very fun though. And Mushroom EP is a really good return to form. Their very first song, however, Bad Day, the very first lyric has a, an interesting reference you all might like. Mm. If you know what I like, and I don't know if I need to say any more than that. So go ahead and listen to <laughs> Mushroom EP by Babe Rainbow. Woo. Nice. Uh, all right. I am going to recommend a cookbook. It is called Cook This Book. What? Techniques That Teach and Recipes to Repeat by Molly Baz. Molly Molly Baz. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, a friend had mentioned this book to me and I thought it sounded really cool. So I picked it up recently. Um, Have only, I haven't even cooked from it yet, but I'm really excited about multiple recipes. Um, Cody, who is not a chef. Oh, he does. He does never, he never really cooks. (laughs) Cody got really excited about a recipe, made it. Wow. And did an incredible job. It was so fucking good. It was, uh, these like peanut and pork noodles. Mm. I think Cody really enjoyed making it. I had the time of my life. I, uh, have a lot of kitchen (laughs) anxiety. And whenever I've looked at previous cookbooks, I look at it and it looks like, like college math. Like Yeah. yeah I, just, I have no idea what I'm looking at. Uh, but for whatever reason, Molly Baz has written these recipes in like such a clear, precise way that doesn't 
like dumbed down to her audience, but is like very easy to understand and explains like, oh, this is like how the process should go and like very easy to understand steps. And also does a really cool, very 21st century thing where there's- I want to say it. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> This sure. is Stella's recommendation, yeah, Cody. Let me Shut say it. Let me say it. Yeah, let me say it. <laughs> Get out of here with this shit. Uh, Zip it. <laughs> there's this really cool thing that she does where there's like QR codes that you can scan oh, that what? tell you like uh, like tips or like uh, oh. ways to techniques on like yeah. how to do things. Like That's this awesome. is how you strain an egg or whatever. That's so um, cool. So, and it like directs you to like a little video of her doing it. And then she just like explains it and shows you. And it's really wonderful. That's Very awesome. clever. Love it. And this came out like a couple years ago, this cookbook, but she has one coming out next month um, that I'm also excited to maybe try someday. So Cody, when you made a recipe from this book, did you just like tear out a page and put it in a pan and then <laughs> you ate it? I mean, this is the this is why I didn't understand before with cookbooks is that's what you're supposed to do. I yeah. thought when you you're like supposed to put ingredients no. together and measure things and bake or no. put it in a pot. No, you just tear the page out. Mm-hmm. You put it in the oven. You add scream at it. Yes. Add a little water <laughs> later. Usually, and you just put it in your mouth. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Delicious. I'm glad that you finally figured it out. Yeah. But for real, like I, uh, it felt very satisfying, and I felt very proud of myself for being able to do it, and I could not believe how good it tasted too. It was so good. That's awesome. You got to get this book just to make this yeah, recipe. Yeah, I've been eyeing it, and her new one too. Molly Bass. Yeah. <laughs> I love food. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I am going to recommend another show on Max mm. called. House Hunters International. Oh, baby. This is something we throw on when we're cooking dinner. It's just like, or like if we want to watch something quick and like light. Um, so it's a, it's a reality show. It's very similar to or, the original House Hunters. I don't know if anyone is familiar with that um, in that it documents people who are moving and looking to either rent or buy a home. Um, but this brings it to a whole nother level where it's like couples or families or one person, but they're moving across the country from, you know, maybe... I don't know, Chicago to... Well, they're moving internationally. Internationally. Or sorry, across the world is what I meant. Um, Internationally. So maybe like, let's say Chicago to... Paris. Paris or Tokyo, you know. And so it documents them um, in in the place that they're moving with an agent. Um, and they always like choose a couple to document who either have, have like completely different preferences on what they're looking for in a house. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of entertaining to see like what they end up with what they end up choosing and what, what compromises they make to, you know, end yeah. up where they're going to be. Um, what I like so yeah. about house hunters international, I, I, I haven't watched house hunters in a, a little while, but yeah, at I've least this, someone. this season or this, this version of it, they're often looking at rental units, not buying. No. Oh, yeah. That feels a lot more approachable and yes. fun to watch people like, okay, how can we spend our money on this? Yeah. And versus every- like people looking at sometimes in, you know, when it, in the past, sometimes they're looking at like very expensive houses, and it's mm-hmm. like Jesus Christ, these fucking people, yeah. really? Yeah, the yeah, it's it's, di- it's different in that sense than how, just the original yeah. house hunters, it's, and also like every once in a while they do throw in like someone who is buying or like there's an yeah. episode where someone wanted to open a re- like a yoga retreat, and it was like mm-hmm. a giant project, and so they were looking for like land and like. The French a, a countryside. Reno, a project for, for renovation. So that was, yeah, yeah, kind of interesting. It's a fun way to like live a little bit vicariously through these other people and see different parts of the world and how different and similar like th- these properties can be. Yeah. 
It's fun. Fun. My rec this week is Celine Song's 2023 romantic drama film, Past Lives. The movie follows the relationship between two childhood friends over the course of nearly three decades as they contemplate their relationship while growing apart and leading separate lives. On Freaks and Creeks, I talk a lot about the power of succinct writing and visual storytelling, and this movie has it all. While it's a quiet, meditative film, not a shot or word is frivolous. It's expertly constructed and performed. Recency bias aside, I've seen this movie twice now, and I have no qualms in calling it perfect. I'm keeping plot details close to the chest because I don't want to give too much away. It's best to go in cold, but if you like themes of unrequited love and are a fan of Richard Linklater's Before Trilogy or Wong Kar Wai's In the Mood for Love, you have to see it. Past lives. Cool. If it doesn't win an Oscar for Best Picture, I will riot. (laughs) All right, guys. Y'all freaks. (laughs) Next time. Y'all freaks. Y'all freaks. Y'all freaks. freaks. Next time. Hey, what's happening next time? (laughs) (laughs) Freaks. We'll be recapping season two, episode 11. um, (laughs) Sex She Wrote. (laughs) What? That's what it's called? That's what it's called. My description just (laughs) went away. Sex She Wrote. That's like murder she wrote, but sex she wrote. I'm going to drop it in for you right there. Wait, fuck. Just disappeared. What is this? There it is. It's in there. I just oh, it thanks. Okay. Wow. Behind the scenes, folks. <laughs> Coming to you live. Okay. Okay. Next time on Freaks and Creeks, season two, episode 11, sex she wrote. Abby finds a sexy discarded love letter and sets forth to find the author. Dawson's script revisions cause rumors to fly and Pacey gives Andy the cold shoulder. What? What? That sucks. Huh. Uh-oh. I hope this is just like the max AI writing yeah. this and they like didn't really know how to interpret it. Cause if Pacey goes bad boy, I will be I don't very wanna, disappointed. Yeah. I don't want to see that. I mean, though that said, if Pacey is going to go bad boy now, at least they didn't have sex in this last episode True, for him to go bad boy like crass. To be fair, that was the Google description. So I'm going to find you the max description. Oh, so. I got the max one. I got the max oh, okay, one. Okay. Okay. Good. I don't know Here's if it's different. One. Here's the max one. Let's do it okay, again. Okay. 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 Part full, two. Full take. Yep. Full, full take. take. Okay. Next time, y'all. <laughs> y'all freaks. <laughs> Next time, y'all freaks on season two, episode 11. <laughs> sex she wrote. When, when an unsigned letter reveals that someone has been having sex... Abby sets out to expose the guilty couple. Mm. That's it. That's it. Okay. Wow. Wow. Okay. So well, that's I, less than the other one. Yeah. I wonder who's been interesting. Fucking. Who's been fucking? Y'all. Y'all, y'all freaks. Y'all. I wonder who's been fucking. <laughs> y'all gonna do that fucking over there? <laughs> <laughs> what y'all been coming up to? <laughs> Okay. Ooh, On that note, wrap it up. Yeah, let's get out. I of hear here. that Joey sliding off of stools <laughs> over that boy. Did that boy burn his dick like a steak on the oven? <laughs> okay. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Honestly, if you made it through this episode, I'm very impressed. Uh, if you've enjoyed this episode, please go ahead and subscribe to our show and join us as we continue to set sail through Dawson's Creek, one episode at a time. If you want more Freaks content, go to our website, freaksandcreeks.com, and you can find us on Instagram at freaksandcreekspod or send us an email at show at freaksandcreeks.com. Until next time, bye! bye. It's gonna be nice.